0: howdy y'all thank you all for supporting this podcast by supporting our sponsor cosmetic cosmetic is a cbd skincare company that has created a number of amazing products that promote skin health their products do that via their patented water soluble cbd solution be kind to your skin and go to cosmedicated.com that's c-a-u-s-e medicated.com and use the promo code sos20 at checkout for 20 percent off of your entire order also Wherever you're listening right now, whatever podcast app you use, hit the subscribe button on your podcasting app, and that app will send you a notification when new episodes of South of Scruffy drop, which is every Monday. Check out SouthScruffy.com for news and upcoming guests. While you're doing that, we'll do the podcast. Let's go. All right, guys, welcome into South of Scruffy podcast. My name is Ben Fields and I am the host of this podcast. Thank you for being here. Are we alive? Did your guy win? Your girl win? Can we be friends again? Is that okay? Ah, I'm glad you guys are here. Thank you for being here. We have a really awesome show today. My man, my guy, Chris McAdoo is here, was here And, uh, we had a a great chat. Chris is, Chris is a brilliant creative mind. Uh, he's a painter. He's a printmaker. He is an orator of epic proportions. Uh, Chris is an enabler of artists and creatives everywhere. And he's been a bit of a mentor to me as I've started down the, the podcasting rabbit hole. He's been a huge help. Uh, i'm glad he's here and and we had an amazing chat and uh, we almost lost the guy this year which is an absolutely crazy story that uh, that chris and i talked about but i'm gonna let him tell it so let's do it guys coming at you right now chris mcadoo
1: we're doing the pop cast.
0: cool are we going are we live let's do it are we we recording yeah Yeah, you can wear those if you want you don't have to i just wear them because i'm i'm the engineer over here Oh, look at that oh see you know the the cord goes on the left yeah i was like wait a second you're a podcast man there you go you actually uh when i started talking about starting this podcast about a year and a half ago maybe two years ago uh they said you should talk to chris mcadoo he has a podcast Indeed, and I did, and now you do, <laughs> and now I do. Yeah, exactly. And uh, what was what was your what was your pod? You were like the guy, the guy that podcasted. It yeah. was like you were the you were the one who had it figured out. So back in 2016,
2: I had my first one, and okay. it was called Enjoyable Listen Time. Ah, yeah. Who, and, who was um, your
0: first Who was your first guest?
2: My first guest in in the Wayback Machine was. Bill Foster, no way. Yeah, I know F- that dude. Yeah, he's a yeah. great dude, photographer yeah. and uh, general uh, roustabout. Yeah, e- you yeah. know that's yeah. a name. He's that's sat a- in that
0: chair before. Yeah, yeah, he was on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Um, so that was enjoyable listen time. I love and then it. a couple years later, I launched um, what was the name of my former company, Best Behavior Creative Club. Gotcha. And so that's what we launched through. Um, when I was at Design Sensory, gotcha. We launched that, and we got oh twenty three episodes in so nice. far, sort of into um, into season two. The last folks we had on were the Crafty Lumberjacks. Oh, I love those dudes. I yeah. know those guys. Yeah, guys work with uh, HGTV and Marianne Canada. Yeah. They were a blast. Where where did you do that in interview? Uh, we did that at
0: you go over to discovery and do it or were they in new oh, york Oh no, we called them at, yeah we called them we did new york oh yeah yeah because they live so in brooklyn was, i think that's right yeah now, i've shot with them one time before down here next time they're here i want to i want to see if i can get them in the shop those guys are a hoot man. oh dude they're so much fun they are
2: yeah we uh uh we talk to all kinds of uh you know all kinds of people and Wait, one best of best behavior creative club you did best behavior creative club yeah. it's still out there yeah yeah it's still out there we're not 100 percent sure what we're going to do with
0: it yeah, yeah just taking like a season break um, right
2: yeah and uh so we ended up talking to you know i always love to talk to people that do things mm. that make things mm-hmm. right like yeah. artists creators rule breakers troublemakers sure. and i want to understand what makes them tick mm. you know in a, in a very particular way i think i stole your idea well good <laughs> roll with it man roll with it um now creativity um people that are creative and creativity i believe is it feeds the soul right it feeds the soul yeah. and it is the rocket ship for anything um for anything we really want to do if it's big ideas if it's you know if it's if it's day to day if you can live a creative life and dedicate yourself to um you know, to the principles that, you know, that, that, that surround creativity and making things and making things better. It makes things better for yourself and it makes things better for the people around you. Sure. You know? And so it's really cool to learn from
0: um, so many folks that have accomplished so much, Yeah. you know? uh, And I think talking to creative people or people that make stuff is cool because that's interesting to both people that make things and people that don't make things too you know what i mean their stories are interesting even you know they're kind of universally interesting because they're the things that we uptake on a daily basis whether it's Advertising or movies or music or whatever it is, even if you're not in a creative industry, creative field, it's still interesting to hear those stories and hear where that kind of stuff comes from. I don't know that I want to hear about spreadsheets all day. You know, I do not. You know what I mean? But people who work in that world, in in the you know in 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 more of a in in more of a spreadsheet kind of world, yeah. still like to listen to stuff about creatives. So I think it's kind of a universally uh, in, interesting take on things. Well, and I think the
2: more that folks surround themselves with creative people. And that could be just listening to a podcast. It could be, you know, any of those things. Um, The more you are kind of let into that world, and it's, it's always magical. Like it's always magical when something didn't exist and now it does. Yeah, it's
0: yeah. Uh, You know, it's a phenomenon. It's a phenomenon.
2: (laughs) From you know, if you're a painter, a photographer, there's a writer, any of that kind of thing. But even for those folks that do live in spreadsheet land, yeah, like you got it in you. Yeah. It's in there. It sure. is in there. The, sure. the creative impulse tends to get beat out of us and schooled out of us um kind of by like third and fourth grade. Because, mm-hmm. you know, every kid, if you ask a six year old kid to draw um like draw draw a volcano, they're gonna draw an awesome volcano. Mm-hmm. Like it may look crazy, it may but it's gonna be full of color and full of activity. Yeah. By the time they're like nine that's when the hands start to go down. <laughs> that's when, you know, when you, when, when the, the, that judgment starts about, um, well, this is when you should really buckle down. You need to learn these, you know, these other things. And right. And you can't if, be
0: good at everything. You got to focus on something. Right. Right. Yeah. Billy, what are you you're, good at, Billy?
2: you're a football player now, yeah. or, you know, Janie, you're going to do this and all that. And like, I mean, you know, some of the my, my life goals right now are sort of exploding some of that.
0: How, how do you mean? Well,
2: think of it like this. Uh, talking about Johnny the football, Johnny and Janie, they're mm-hmm. just hanging out. Yeah. I have a firm belief that you can be the quarterback of the football team and a singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. I believe that you can be a band geek and a star athlete. Mm-hmm. I believe that, that there are these weird limitations that we put on ourselves, the dichotomies that we want to live in. I think they're all just like out of some weird shitty storybook that we all sort of started to ascribe to or subscribe to. And like, I just love finding out that someone, someone does or exists in a way that you don't expect them to.
0: What do you think? I mean, do you think it's societal norms or pressures that, that make people think they have to choose a lane? I think so. Really? I think so. I mean, sometimes it's self-limitation. Yeah.
2: Right? It's it's like you kind of feel like you've already fit this lane so well. Okay, I'm going to get this job and do this and mm-hmm. then I'll do this and this and this. And uh, I mean, life throws us curveballs, right? Yeah. Like stuff <laughs> never exactly happens exactly the way that you are thinking that it will. And I feel like um and I feel like if we open ourselves up to the idea that, oh, like, wait a second, we can think of creative solutions to things. We don't have to do things exactly the way that they have been because they have been done that way. Mm. We can break some China, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's part of the fun. It's how things
0: get invented. I think it's funny. I I always talk about, you know, people that have kind of, you know, chosen a lane. It, it's It's almost either like creative or, or athletic when you're, when you're young, you know? And now, even like the worst place to have a fantasy football league is is at an advertising agency <laughs> <laughs> or at a production company. <laughs> Nobody cares about sports, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so there's like a few people out there who kind of have uh, straddle both sides of the of of the fence. And I'm I'm always I'm always really glad to see. Do you know Will Wright? You know? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He and I, it's like you know, he's this amazing creative mind. And then I text him about Tennessee football all the time because I'm like, you're about the only dude I know who plays in both sandboxes. A
2: man that became most famous uh, as Lil' Ify, yeah, a rap, uh, a, 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 a wizard a, rapper, a wizard rapper, yeah, which is brilliant, absolutely brilliant, is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, traveled all
0: over the place, yeah, super well known across the country, yeah, as as rapping about Harry Potter. So, D- Dumbledore Kush is my favorite song. <laughs>
2: Y'all, give yeah. that a Google.
0: Give <laughs> yeah. yeah, that a Google. Exactly. Don't hit images. Yeah. <laughs> Just give it a Google. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you're, a, yeah, if you're at work,
0: you may <laughs> want to wait. NSFW. Yes. Yeah. So you you do like I don't know. I'm motivated when I hear when I hear you talk about about these things. But that's kind of been a new, or or a thing that you've always, I guess, kind of gravitated towards was inspiring people a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And you've you've you know public public speaking has been a a thing mm-hmm. for you too. What's your, uh, what's your, your, your go-to kind of theme when you're, when, when you're doing, I mean, I guess it depends on what you're doing, but like, what's the, what's, what's the root of it? Like, why do you do that?
2: I get, I absolutely love to see people getting excited about doing something. I love to see people getting excited about getting excited about challenging themselves. Like it just gets me stoked. There's room in the ocean. Mm -hmm. Cause a lot of like to any of you, you know, creative people that are there, we're easy we're easily, easily threatenable, you know, like we want to have hours. We want to do all this kind of stuff. But for me, it's always been, um, it's not so much look at me. It's more like, look, if somebody like me can figure this out, like I look out into an audience. Oh, I miss audiences (laughs) more. Or, you know, that old thing. I look out, I, I see, um, you know, I see people, uh, particularly young people that are out and I see potential. Mm. That's what I see. I look, yeah. I, I want, I want, I want, i look it back at me and I want them to, to like hear a message that says, wow, like I may not do exactly what this guy's doing, but like I can create, I can make my life better and I can make lives better around me by creating and being creative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had the, Uh, opportunity to speak at the Maker City Summit this year. Yeah. Which, I mean, everything's virtual, you know. Yeah, this year it was, huh? Uh, It was, it was. But
0: I was, I was pretty honored to, to speak. Absolutely. uh, To speak there. Um, So that's like our whole big kind of East Tennessee or just our town? Like
2: this was Knoxville, Knoxville's Maker City Summit. So Knoxville as, you know, sort of the maker city. Yeah. um, Where every year folks come together that are, like makers it's Mm. it's artisans it's artists it's crafters it's small business people that want to learn you know tricks of the trade from art side of thing to business gotcha and um i spoke particularly uh,
0: my title was the art of the pivot Hmm. okay yeah and i think you may have sent me something whether it was a i don't know you may have sent me uh it wasn't a press release, but it was it was an essay or something that you had written that I had read, and I don't know if it was leading up to that, if it was something like that, but it, it had a similar theme to it.
2: Well, it was the reason that I that, okay. Look, can we can we get, can we uh, go back to June of this year? Yeah, sure. We're gonna we're gonna go on a time machine.
0: <laughs> Let's do it.
2: Okay, because it's been a crazy okay. uh, it's been a crazy few months, and um, I'll start there at the Maker City Summit back in September. Where I talked about the art of the pivot, and that is being able to take your circumstances and understand what you have control over, what you do not have control over, but the things that you do have control over, take responsibility hmm. and work on them and work through them. All right. And be smart enough to know the difference. Yes. Between the is, two. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and we all kind of figure that out. Um, and I talked about um, a lot there about value driven decision-making, intentional Mm decision-making, both as a human and as a creator. Mm. And it's defining a value that is important to you, uh, refining that value and then activating on it. So like mine is independence. Mm. I've come to terms with this. I'm fiercely independent, Mm. like to a fault. And I want to encourage that independence, that independent thought, that ability to challenge what has been done, um, i want to encourage that thought in others mm. and then so that's my definition and then the refining is why it matters to me right okay. and it's because i've been able to see um i've been able to see such dramatic um change in myself and those around me when i cling to that independence mm. i get to make better things i get to be a better person
0: right yes yes and i wonder do you feel um, uh, when you don't feel like you have complete autonomy or complete independence, is it like a trapped feeling yep. or is it a, is it, is, it's, it is so- a,
2: it is, it is a trapped, uh, feeling and I can do, I, and, and, and I want to be clear that it could sound like this is external forces, but mm-hmm. a lot of this is self-limitation. Sure. Like you kind of feel that kind of, you know, Absolutely. um, coming on yourself, but I know that I do my best work and that I'm my best self. Um, not just as a creative person, but as a husband, as a father, sure. um, you know, as a friend, all these things. And then the activation part of it, which is like, you can know all the stuff in the world, you know, but you gotta go do, you mm-hmm. gotta go make it happen. And so yeah. that's, um, taking the steps, uh, even speaking, you know, speaking like that was a thing, like, all right, I'm going to make sure people know about this. So you kind of got to put it down on paper and, um, and commit yourself.
0: So did you know, this, did this whole idea of, of, spreading the good word of independence, leading to <laughs> activation, leading to, you know, ultimately freedom. Uh, did this come from like some journaling or some like well, in, internal kind of, because it sounds like, it sounds like a, a something that you have discovered yes. recently. Okay. So, so here you go. Here you go. All right. We're going to get, it's going to get dramatic
2: in here. You may have to add sound effects even. Okay. So. <laughs> Uh the morning of June twenty fourth, two thousand twenty. It was a Wednesday. It's about eight AM. Okay. I'm out walking my dog. Uh Baxter. He's dumb. He's mm. a dumb dog. Uh the man punted Baxter. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm walking, I'm I'm walking Baxter and uh like I do every morning, and I've got a big pitch that afternoon. I've got a big client presentation. It'll be over Zoom. Okay. And so I'm kinda thinking about that. Um, and
0: I get stung by some yellow jackets, like one yellow jacket, two Mm, yellow jackets, six or seven, six or seven yellow Yellow jackets. jackets. It's the first time it was my first time.
2: Now Mm. here's what happens. I get back to the house and I kind of tell my wife, I'm like, I got stung by all these yellow jackets. She's like, well, that sucks. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) this is going to, that's itchy. You know, I don't know anything. Well, little did I know that inside my body. Uh, that yellow jacket, uh, 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 that yellow jacket juice took hold. And within about five minutes, I went into full anaphylactic shock, dude. And so here's what happens. Ugh. Here's what happens for okay. those of you out there with, and it, it means, it, it, means different things as a father, right? But basically within about five minutes, I pass out the first time I go into full anaphylaxis. I fall, fall down on the kitchen floor. Shit. And we make the decision at this point, but Robin makes the decision. We're like, do we drive to the hospital? Do we call 911? Robin, my wife, calls 911. And thank God. Because uh, we find out, as I find out later, if we would have, I wouldn't have made it to the hospital. Really? Yeah. Fire department got there first. And I mean, I'm in and out of consciousness at this point. Stuff's starting to like, you know throat closing up really? organs are starting to shut you can everything. feel it
0: oh yeah in your body yeah you can feel it so you've passed out how many times now i uh, like a couple of times like i'm in and really out. i'm in and out of consciousness and then you wake up and your body just feels like it's closing down. yeah like everything
2: like i have no um, i'm starting to lose uh sensation in yeah, your fingers everything Ugh. okay so the fire department gets there first and i do, do they rem- have
0: an epi pen on board
2: well i remember this is big beefy fire department guys are like where's the emergency and they come in and one of the fire department guys says oh shit and they had their emergency pack and he like just slams through the kitchen and gets to me and epi's me and saves my life on the spot. On the spot.
0: Yeah. That's I what would, you needed. That's the only thing that could have helped you. Yeah.
2: No, there's nothing. There were no yeah. words of encouragement. Like that. <laughs> no that mind over matter. That that. Could have, no. Yeah. It was all um it was all right there. So he saves my life. And then a few minutes later, ambulance gets there, epies me again.
1: Mm.
2: Which I'm then and so all right. So then I'm I'm going to uh, uh they they get me on the stretcher which was another pretty funny story. Cause now I'm like epied and I'm in shock. Sure. Like, so there's the anaphylactic, but then like your mind also is just like, Whoa, what is happening sure. here? And I remember funny things about, um, the ambulance guys in the fire department and they bring the stretcher into my house and they're like, uh, sir, sir, can you, um, do you want to try to get on the, on the stretcher of your own, uh, recognizance? Can you do this? And I just remember saying Robin can clear it, can, tell you this happened is I just look at those guys and I said, I'm really sorry, fellas, but I'm a heavy motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to, you're going to have to do this. So
0: I get, you got your money's worth. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm like, I know, I know I'm, I'm going to meet my deductible here. So let's, this is a, this is the shittiest spa like I've ever gone to. And so they get me on the stretcher and they, they, they pull me out of the house and you talk about clarifying moments. This is going to go down as like a thing. So I'm being wheeled to an ambulance, where I will go to the hospital. I'll be epi'd again. Mm. I will then be pumped full of epi like steroids, everything that you can get, while I'm in the uh, on the stretcher. I look to my left, where's my wife and some of the neighbors that come out and Harper, my daughter is is out. And do I? Uh, yell like a Last of the Mohicans or a, or a Titanic level like Oh, I love you forever. Yeah, like, right. No, 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 Ben. I told Robin to bring my computer to the hospital. You grab my laptop. Grab my laptop. Oh man. And uh, needless to say, she did not. Good for her. She's a good. Good She's... for you, Robin. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And so uh, we get to the uh, we get to the get to the hospital. All this kind of stuff is is going on, and. Uh they 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 get me settled, everything in the hospital. They pump me full enough stuff. 1230, I get home. So I'm there for about four
0: hours. Yeah. That's pretty pretty good in and out
2: time. It was good. That yeah. Like, no, yeah. it was great.
0: Yeah. Um you can blow through your deductible in four hours these dude, days. Dude, <laughs> yeah.
2: Y'all, I'm gonna go get my foot fixed. I don't know. Like I could
0: <laughs> let's only, go ahead and get it done I this know. year.
2: I don't know. I may go get LASIK. Like who knows? Um but yeah, so twelve thirty and by one o'clock I was on a phone call. By two o'clock the I pitch was, the pitch meeting. I was on a Zoom and by three o'clock I was on a client pitch. Oh man. And then four o'clock we did a post mortem. And then four thirty, uh, we, we were kind of done. And it was at that point that I realized, like, in a very real way, that my life was like completely out of like it was out of whack.
0: Yeah. Like and priorities were a little bit
2: yes out
0: of out of whack out yeah, of balance out of balance yeah. um
2: and i had been i had not been in the best headspace for a while and that was just a big clarification moment and i want to be very clear here too um the the quote unquote the advertising industry all that kind of stuff it can beat you down sure it is a like it is a thing but um this is my responsibility that's sure. my life. That's how I responded to it, you know? Right. And so it was that day that, uh, that I was like, I don't, something's got to happen. Like something mm. has to happen. Yeah. This
0: isn't right. This is, this is rev- reverse polar magnets. Like something, trying yeah, to touch yeah, exactly. each other. Like this is, this is something that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And I, here, here's the, here's, here's the thing. And this isn't something I, that I've I've shared, you know, with, with, with too many people. But while I was gone, like in all the craziness, so Robin came to the hospital and medicine and everything. Um, my daughter Harper, who is, uh, who is 11, um, was just kind of like, okay. Well, where's it? Where'd everybody go? Was she at home? She was at home. And she took, uh, she took a black, uh, like a metal chair out into the front yard and was just sitting there in it.
0: She was just because everybody was gone. Everybody was. She gone. didn't know why.
2: Well, she knew that she like, knew dad what happened. was like, no, she knew dad was in the hospital. We're like, hey, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. But we had to go and she couldn't come. Right. Because there's only one person allowed. Um, yeah. For, you know, and her brother, uh, Carter, I, I don't mean to call you out, buddy. He was just asleep. <laughs> He's 19. I mean, like, you know, I'm not going to call like, it's fine. It's fine. Um, he was in the back of the house, but, uh, but Harper, like this, 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 to all of you parents out there this is gonna hit you in a way that that uh, I think is it hits other people it will hit other people differently but so she's she's sitting in this black chair out in our front yard um looking at the street. I don't know how long she was there could have been an hour could have been two mm-hmm. whatever but she's sitting in our front yard like kind of crying mm-hmm. her eyes out right because mm-hmm. where's her dad Where's mm-hmm. her mom what's gonna happen? She mm-hmm. didn't know um, and we had a neighbor. Um, and, uh, a lady that lives near us that saw her and she, Whoa, what is, what's happening here? And, and, you know, she's like this. So this lady go gets and goes and gets another lady and they sit with her oh. for as long as it took.
0: In the front yard?
2: In the front yard. They sat right by her. So sweet. In the front yard until they kind of like, Hey, it's going to be okay. He's okay. We just heard from him, you know? And then she, she bounced back, but in retrospect what i realized is that there is a lot of there's a lot of empathy out there. There's a lot of good people and there's a lot of good people that are capable of doing amazing things, right? Yeah. Like those ladies, thank you. Thank you very much. Didn't have to do it. They didn't have to, but they did and their friends um and 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 so it, it just put this this you know, this onus on me that I was essentially like for a, I mean for a month I was PTSD like you know because you would just yeah you I know, just remember like whoa that happened that happened you know that was crazy um so it wasn't I didn't feel like I was all clicked in at at uh, at work and I wasn't clicked in at home and all of these kind of things and so basically two weeks later I made the decision to um to leave my job um that I had sold my I had I had sold my company to um. A, uh, to an advertising agency that's like one of the best in the southeast and i was mm-hmm. creative director there and look, a dream what, job i mean a, it's, a good it's a, one yes it's a good at, job great uh in, in in so many respects but i realized like i can't go through this i can't put my family through this this right. mental all this kind of stuff so we a, a month later i was i i, I left wow And so that was, um, and so August 1st, essentially of 2020 of this year began what is now like the Luke Skywalker style sabbatical. I like it. So three months, um, November 1st will be three months of, you know, of, 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 of sabbatical time in which I've gone to the woods. I've spent a lot of time thinking. I've spent a lot of time writing. I've spent a lot of time painting, um, I've spent a lot of time like thinking about what I have been doing but more importantly what I'm about to do. Nice. And being very intentional and being the most intentional I can about um the next 20 years of my life. I've spent 20 years making art, making businesses, making relationships, all this kind of stuff and now like i want to make it count in a big way and so i've been thinking and i also remodeled my kitchen because i'm not good at like just sitting around and like this yoga is awesome you know like so yeah so my my wife is uh an architect and she had drawn up plans for our kitchen a while back and um and maybe a week into the sabbatical, um, I think our dishwasher was croaking out or something. She's like, well, I, you know, I went ahead and ordered the dishwasher, mm-hmm. you know, so, cause, cause this, so we'll, we'll just catch up one time. And then I was like, well, did what?
0: she order one that was too big on purpose? So you had to like redo the countertops also it was in the, like, the cabinets? <laughs> no, actually
2: it was the, it was the refrigerator. We got the fridge and the guys were going to push it back into its space and it didn't fit in the, <laughs> um, the cabinets above it. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I mean, I'll take those down. Okay. So I, I took those down and yeah. I was like, well, I, mean, I may as well go ahead and take these others down. Well, yeah, I may as well go ahead and knock this wall down. Yeah. I mean, so that was about eight weeks.
0: Sarah and I did that one time. Uh, uh, we drank a bottle of wine at our uh, old house in Park Ridge and <laughs> tore up the flooring in our uh, in our bathroom. We were like. All right, here we go. Shit, we have people coming over Friday to stay for the weekend, don't we? <laughs> so we we did a full bathroom remodel in about five days, just because you start and you you, gotta, you can't. Yeah, you gotta
2: go. well, that's a funny thing about about stuff like that. You either start and finish it, or you start and then it's like. 12 years later, when you sell the house,
0: sure. you're just like, you know, I really
2: meant to put that quarter round down. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what's this like planning for the next act? How's that? It seems like you've got this like this uh, three month sabbatical yeah. going where where you're laying some plans for the yeah. for the next 20 years. You well, say? I mean, you know, you think about it, I'm, I am. Uh, October 24th was my
2: 42nd birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, and like 40 didn't hit me for whatever reason. But 42 did. Before, yeah, no, it's, I don't know. It's maybe I'm just super sensitive now, you yeah. know, in the middle of, of, of near death, near death experiences and pandemics yeah. and like everything means 10 times more sure. than it was, you I know. I feel you there. Um, yeah, no, it's just like real maybe that 2020 is like real life, but on some like really shitty mushrooms or something. Yeah. I don't know, you know. <laughs> um but uh yeah, I, I I'm I'm looking at all kinds of things and looking forward to kind of all kinds of things. But I, I've been um I like the past couple of weeks, I've been uh finishing up some commissioned Uh, some
0: artworks nice so i've always knew you paint right that is right yeah Yeah, i i I think so we went and looked at your old house when you were selling it and uh oh the maplewood house the maplewood house and yeah yeah and and we uh we were walking through did you have some artwork in there i did of yours i noticed it and i was like this is cool stuff that was my (laughs) first exposure to your art I didn't know you yet. <laughs> that's funny. But, but but I did know your artwork. Well. Yeah. So that's always been a thing?
2: Painting? Yeah, that's always been a thing. Uh well art making. So I graduated from um uh, from college with a painting degree. Wow. So Carson Newman Eagles, there you go. Yes. Go go Eagles. Cacao. Or whatever <laughs> Whatever any an Eagle. I've, i I
0: kind of feel like as an American, like we should know what Eagles. It's you like, know, I've I've heard that <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that the sound that you hear whenever you see an eagle flying by in a commercial it's really like a howler monkey that that just somehow got a- attached to the bald eagle as a sound that it makes in like in our american brains yeah. years and years ago it's not even really the sound they make that's what i've heard I, I we'll have to look it up but
2: you know there you go hey guys there's another google there's another google for you if you're on your computer
0: <laughs> so oh my gosh yeah
2: um Wait, I, I, I am Painting. now completely. Oh, there you Painting go, Carson Painting. Newman. Painting. Arr, <laughs> ah, <English. laughs> um. So yeah, man, I have uh, since I was four years old, maybe six. Like I knew that's what I was going to do. Yeah, I knew I was going to create. So I was like, even four years old, I was drawing Transformers, and then I was on the middle school newspaper, and then I did the high school oh, cool. art club. And did you do I was, comics? I did tons of comics. Yeah. Oh, I was drawing uh, like Rob LaField style Deadpool when it was still cool. Oh, cool. Oh yeah, that's fun. Oh, it's super fun. I still have all the comics. So if anybody wants some original uh, Infinity Gauntlets, you know where to. You
0: know, <laughs> I'm your guy.
2: I'm your guy. Yeah, I'm your guy. <laughs> <laughs> throw me a couple bones. Um, yeah, man, I've always created, I've always painted. I've always, um, uh, always done that. And I'm trying to think, um, I got into printmaking in college too. So letterpress printmaking. That's super cool. Oh, it was super fun. Um, did a stint, a uh, visit over hat show print in Nashville. And then, Um, refurbished and kind of installed, a um, what's called a Vandercook SP 15, uh, for all, for all of your letterpress
0: listeners. Yeah. They're out there. (laughs) They're out there. Yeah. Um, Old, uh, legacy Yeehaw fans. There you go. Yeehaw Industries. Uh, well, Striped Light, if you guys are listening. I I remember they do that too.
2: Um, but yeah, we, so I, I got into, um, letterpress and letterpress printmaking in college, which actually was my first. Uh, business. My first official business I started in 2001 was Le- Revolution Letterpress. Nice. So I actually ended up forming a company, which were technically my first business when I was I was 13 years old. I did wacky horse cartoon shirts, where I would I made enough. We traveled to horse shows because we showed horses. <laughs> this was not just some sort of random thing. Like a
0: family thing.
2: Yeah. So dad sold horse trailers and we trained uh, horses. I grew up on a big horse farm. Where? Uh, Sevierville, Tennessee. And then we moved
0: in middle school, uh, to Dandridge. Okay. Yeah. Tobruk farm. Shout out. So, so wait, so you guys sold horse trailers. Yeah. And, 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 and in order you showed horses to.
2: At a show. So you would have, I'll tell you my most, I've got two famous Chris McAdoo, wacky, uh, uh, horse, wacky horse shirt buyers. Uh, Patrick Swayze has bought a, has bought a shirt. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he was buried in it or anything, but, (laughs) um, and then, I mean, what would have this been? This has been 1990, I guess, 89 or 90 or something like that. Sam Elliott
0: bought a, bought a shirt from a horse show that you
2: printed. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a wacky cartoon, you know, wacky cartoon horse that I created. So
0: were you like the paper boy out there? Just like selling your wares? I was was hawking them. Absolutely. Were you?
2: I was absolutely. Yeah. What did they first, look like? What, what my first venture. What's so it was what's like a, cartoon horses and then there was a fellow that I always drew that had a mustache and a cowboy hat and he was always getting into wacky adventures and falling off the horse. That's as far as it goes, man. That's really cool though. <laughs> we sold a ton of them. Did you guys travel around to the horse shows? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah, I traveled all over the United States. And we would um, I made enough one summer off of the shirts to buy my first computer. So that's, that's where, wow. Weirdly enough, that's where I started learning about like design is I bought my first computer and like a sweet dot matrix printer. Um, You know, when I was like 12 or 13 years old. Wow. And uh,
0: computers were expensive then too. They were super expensive. Yeah. And
2: then I took the rest of the money. I uh, put it into a college fund and that's how I paid for college. You're kidding. Me. I'm lying. I'm absolutely lying. <laughs> I took the rest of the money
0: and spent that shit on comic books. <laughs> Should have put it in a college fund. I mean you were doing some more studying. You were buying some more source material. You know? Yeah. For this t-shirt business that was gonna go bonkers.
2: So that was yeah, you were printing money, let's be honest. Printing money. So yeah, the t-shirts were the middleman. Yeah, so there was there was that, and then yeah, so I got that computer and then went to Carson Newman. Um at a funny time. Like when I got there, I started college in 96 and this is, uh, this is going to make me sound like Ben has the old timer on because we had like a computer when I first started by the end we had you know, everything's there, but I was there for the transition from, uh, like handset kind of stuff Mm -hmm. into all digital, you know, layout and everything. So The
0: new frontier,
2: the new frontier, um, for all you quark express lovers out there, uh, I, and so I was able to learn a lot about that side of it and I dug it, I dug typography, I dug layout, um, and my, all of this other stuff too. My mom's a photographer. Okay. So I had all this, I had access to like all this crazy gear
0: too. Like yeah, big, back in the
2: day, like big medium format, Hasselblad cameras, stuff like that. Um, so I shot all the time too. And so I was just always making something, but yeah, so the paint is so painting from Kurt Newman, and then I would continue to paint, um, but then formed my letterpress company, revolution letterpress. Um, and I had an office down on the hundred block of downtown Knoxville. Like this is like 18 years ago. This is when, um, was it
0: under construction yet?
2: It was, well, it would, had just been, so this was like when Knoxville was still relatively stabby. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Although my favorite memory. Well, one of my favorite—I have a lot, but one of my favorite memories from memories from back in the day was—I've um, been listening to a lot of Bob Seger lately.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, Why like, not?
2: we should all yes. listen to a lot of yes. Bob Seger lately. But yes. I've been on a huge kick. Good. Uh, I'm going in like deep cut stuff now. So stuff I don't even know. Oh, it's where, like, yeah, going in once you get like into the B and the C cuts, so, mm. so to speak. Uh, I know you guys like uh, two plus two. That's 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 a rough song to get through. Is it? But yeah, it is. But then you get like roll me away. Holy cow. Anyway. Okay. So I'm down. I want you guys to picture this, put it in your minds. You're downtown on the street corner. It's been a long day at work, right? And you're walking along, you hit a stop sign uh, where you're about to cross the road and you, you know, your feet are tired. Your back is aching. The sun is going down. Um, and a fella in a white Mustang convertible drives up on the uh, opposite Uh, stop sign there makes eye contact like eye contact like something's about to go down straight out of the convertible he is in the convertible he's a white mustang convertible he's got a a tank top on Mm. he does not break eye contact with me reaches down boom uh and the saxophone uh comes on for turn the page Mm. (laughs) and he drives from this top sign and never just, breaks eye contact like, with me. Just, and I just cut. Kind of, technically, I guess like <laughs> if I saw him
0: now, like, is he my dad now? Yeah, right. Exactly. I, I don't know. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think, I think I would have to, you guys are probably the only two out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. He just
2: wanted to, I think that guy just wanted to establish the, the wolf, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I was like, all right, you did it, <laughs> bud. And I still remember it
0: almost 20 years later, man. You, you hear that, that opening, that opening sax note. There's, there's no question where that came from. I mean, that's oh. you, you know exactly what you're listening to. <laughs> that's a, at that moment. It's a man that means business. It is a man that means yes. Yeah. I'm just picturing <sighs> him with his neck like turned all the way around. He did. He never like a, broke like eye. A, he <laughs> never broke eye contact. And I, this
2: was even. God, this dates me again. But this was even like pre, like having a cell phone that you carried around all the time. Right. Right. So all because I'd have think, taken a picture of that. Oh shit. Oh my God. Well, all I could think was like. I cannot wait to tell Robin about, like, what is happening right now. Like, as it was
0: happening, you know, I'm just like, ah. <laughs> and you were doing your own letterpress company at the time? Yeah. What yeah. was Re- it called again? Revolution Letterpress. Yeah. Cool. And way... you were downtown in Knoxville? Yeah. I'm which a... was not, like, a thing then. No. Down, downtown Knoxville was not was... really a, a an arts center. A, you know, it was getting there, yeah. but it was it was still, like, a good five or six years off. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was down there about three or four years. And uh we ended up doing a lot of concert work. Worked with like concert posters and things yeah, like that. Yeah, that kind of yes. thing. And then ended up doing merch and doing um uh like super limited edition stuff. I got to work with Brian Wilson, the yeah, Beach Boys. Yeah. I got to work with None Records, um a bunch, Dolly Parton. Um, that's great. Uh Light uh Billy Joe Shaver, who yeah. just passed away. Yeah, Billy Joe Shaver, to hear about a that. legend. Um Oh who was you know who do we we did a lot of work with a lot of folks, uh Sunvolt, like cool stuff, yeah, widespread panic um like it was it was a pretty fun few years, yeah, yeah,
0: that was what year was it again it was like. Oh one to oh five was was Yeehaw like around at the time? They were, they were, they were. So you guys, yeah. are, I mean, I, I feel like you know, two letterpress shops, like three blocks from each other. We had to be like the highest per capita letterpress. It was a uh, lot kind of, of letter. There was <laughs>
2: even another shop too, was it? Uh, and I can't remember which the other one was. Well, and with Hatch in Nashville, I think that Tennessee itself had like the highest, per, yeah, per capita letterpress. <laughs> letterpress is
0: awesome man and like the way it plays into kind of like it's it's like folk arty a little bit which is yeah. really just it's it's excellent stuff I, I remember when we were doing our uh our, our wedding invitations i was like i want to do them letterpress and they're like yeah hey, we need to do something a little more formal than that <laughs> <laughs> but we did the rehearsal dinner in letterpress there we go yeah yeah all right yeah that stuff's still 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 really uh it's timeless, you know? Oh, I think it's fun. And it is a, um,
2: for all you, for all you nerds out there that just get your, get your computer hands dirty, (laughs) you know, um, it's an, it's a really interesting exercise in, in the moment design. How so? Because, okay. With letterpress, you have wooden and metal pieces of type and, or carved images. And that image is oh, oh so big.
0: It's like a stamp, right?
2: Uh, sort of. It's like well, yeah, like a metal stamp. Yeah. But you put it all together, you know, in a plate, um, to uh, to say this person's coming to town or that whatever that you want to do, but you are absolutely limited in the space that you have to make that that. that so message you don't clear. print like
0: one letter at a time. You no, put no, it no. all all in a plate, and you kind of yeah. build your you build your image with yeah. these. I at stamps is the way I kind of think about it, like metal kind of, yeah, it's sort of you metal, put ink on it. Right. Yeah. Or yeah,
2: it's the, I mean, it's the old school version of like, if you think about the printing press, yeah. like from your school books and you see, you know, they got turning the big wheel or something mm-hmm. like that. Like that's what it was. Yeah. And so printing technology did not change from like Gutenberg. Yeah. In the 1400s to like 1960. Yeah. I mean, it was kind <laughs> of the same stuff. It did not get all that wow. much, all that much more advanced. Um, but yeah, you had, you know, yeah. Metal type wood type, um, super, super cool carved images. I would, t- I would tell everybody, check out like hat show print, firecracker press, base camp printing up in Virginia. There's, there's all these great Isle of printing in Nashville, Bryce McLeod, um, all these super cool, um, you know, guys th- that are, that are out there doing amazing So work. do you
0: have to like the carved wood stuff? Somebody yeah. has to sit there and carve that yeah. out of wood yeah and make and make some i mean is graphic you make design. an image
2: well, you can make an image it's also um like plate printing or wood you know wood carved printing lino cut printing um as I would do towards the towards the sort of end of my tenure there um I ended up doing a lot of super limited edition kind of uh carved wood pieces. I've got one uh I did one of Johnny Cash, oh wow, okay. Here's a fun story. Yeah. Here's a fun story. Cause I get calls. I got great calls from people to come and do fun things. Uh, I got to see because of all this craziness, I got to be at Johnny cash's last public performance. Really? Yeah. 2004, three or four. Four. Where was it? Um, Hilton's Virginia, the Hilton, the Carter family fold in Hilton's Virginia. Oh, wow. Yeah. So did you know it
0: was going to be the last show? No,
2: No. June had passed away like a month earlier. And I just kind of get this call from a buddy of mine. That's a showrunner. And he's like, get your family, get in your car, come here right now. Like, you got to go. It's time. You got to go. And we drive up to Virginia. And uh, it's it's basically Carter Family Fold is like kind of what it sounds like. It's a big, it's a performance hall built into the side of a mountain where the Carter family, which is like the first family of country music, sort of like their home base. And Johnny Cash's wife. Yes, that's right. That's right. June Carter Cash, yeah, and her family, and up to the the side of the stage, uh, like an old Mercedes comes up, and it's Tom T. Hall, country legend. Tom T. Hall drives, (laughs) yes, drives Johnny Cash to the stage. Johnny Cash, who at this point, I mean, he's old Johnny Cash, right? And he's like, he kind of rambles onto the stage, and they put a guitar on him, and everybody's like, ooh.
0: Oh, this would be post a hurt. Yeah. Uh, this video. Is, yes.
2: yes, Yeah. This is like, Oh, Oh man, this is a rough, this is, this is going to be rough. And then, so they kind of popped the guitar on him. He's like, Oh, you know, and then dude, he was like, hello, I'm Johnny cash. And he just goes into it. It, it was the most insane thing. But you got some shivers. Dude. Bet you got some goosebumps. He, I'm getting, I'm getting them now. Yeah. I'm double, I'm double too. goosed. Yeah. Dude, no, he played, uh, he played seven songs that night. He, one of the two big highlights were angel band, which Mm. if you're familiar with like old, you know, old time gospel, um, played that as 1500 people bawling their eyes out.
0: I'm sure it was the
2: craziest thing. I'm Sure. And then the last song Johnny Cash ever played in public was Sunday morning coming down, originally Mm. written by Chris Christopherson. Nice. Um, as were so many great songs of our era. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Uh, but, but, um, but yeah, I went up and like met him and I took a photo of him and I took that photo and made it into a woodcut that mm-hmm. I only made like, a, I think I made a hundred of them or something like that.
0: What's a woodcut?
2: Um, that is essentially like you carve an image into a block of wood mm. and you carve it backwards.
0: Yeah. To print it. Right. To print with right. it. Right. Okay. So it's all hand carved. And, um, well, so how much detail is involved in that?
2: That's a
1: decent amount of it detail. It seems
0: like it. What what kind of tools do you use? Those sharp ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a whole,
2: there's a whole lexicon of like
0: I'm sure. wood carving and, and is there and, shading involved? Is there like, yeah, that, that kind but of it's stuff? all by line work okay. rather
2: than, uh rather than fade so you yeah. kind of have to make everything it very sounds deliberate.
0: laborious it is very laborious
2: laborious yeah i mean it takes a minute yeah you know but yeah so i had like so somewhere out there they're all gone they're in i, I run into them every once in a while but yeah there's these they're out there yeah there's these cool old it's old johnny too so it's not you know it's, it's like it's old johnny so when people <laughs> so there's a it, lot of line work yeah, like damn yeah. um but yeah so there's johnny yeah, so there's Johnny and letterpress printmaking. Where'd you move after that? What 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 happened after the after the letterpress? Stuff? So the letterpress, which oh, I'll, I'll make a quick note. All of that equipment, uh, there's a, not, a challenge twenty twenty eight press, and there's a ton of old type um, and wood is now living in the University of Tennessee printmaking department.
0: Nice man.
2: Yeah, so Bouvet Lyons, who is like the just one of the best dudes, great printmaker kind of runs the printmaking department at UT is like sort of the caretaker for all that stuff. And now, um, grad students and printmakers get to use so That's it. all your
0: old stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. It's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. Have you ever run into anybody who's used your stuff before oh, yeah. through the university? All of them. Like they, <laughs> everybody kind of goes, you know, is that I a mean, class you kind of have to
2: take? I think it's a, uh, I think people can take it gotcha. or like something, um, you know, yeah. um, but yeah, I went and I was an art. I, I got, kind of an op- a opportunity came where I ended up getting hired as an in-house art director at a place. And then I went back to art full time. Um, I was there for about a year and then went back to art full time, just painting. Hmm. And um, some of my uh, print work, some of the letterpress work got picked up by a restaurant <laughs> chain, Ruby Tuesday restaurants. Hey, when they redid all their restaurants in 2006 or seven, oh, their death knell.
0: Uh, well, let's just, let's calm down, <laughs> but they, the picked... white tablecloth Ruby Tuesday. Was it? Yeah. That, that's when they did that whole rebrand. They right? rebranded.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm part of the, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm part, I'm part of the downfall. I'm part of the downfall, but it was me, uh, my buddy, Andy Softtail. There was a few guys that had picked that got their artwork picked to go in every single Ruby Tuesday that's awesome. across the world, which is there was like 900 of them. Tons of them. Yeah. So you think salad bar, you think
0: Chris McAdoo. Exactly.
2: What kind of work was it? Uh, it was like color field. It would, it would actually go on to sort of like, I would never leave the printmaking visual behind, which is like color ah, field and detail kind of kept um, that, kept that in your yeah, quiver sort of in, in, in there and your it was visual quiver people, Yes. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was that. And then I did that for, for, I was just in the studio printmaking and painting again for about four years until I started. Um, till I started my next, uh, company in like, oh, nine or 10, 2010 or something. And was like that, that best behavior? That was best behavior creative club. Yeah. And so that was, um, you know, like a brand house, uh, a
0: brand house. We did a lot of web development. We did a lot of like cool,
2: I don't know. It was a, it was a
0: boutique agency if you will. Right. Um, yeah. My, my, my buddy Ben, Ben Hubbard did kind of the, the same thing with, yeah. the, with the village. You know that dude? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just cool, you know, few man shop, nothing, nothing too crazy, but mm-hmm. it was, it was kind of a, you know, a really good, um, I don't know, really good kind of company to partner with if you were a small business and, mm-hmm. and wanted, and wanted a brand, but, but couldn't hire a, you know, a Tombris or something like that, where you had 12 people working on the account all day long. Right, and Ben did something, you know, did that kind of thing. Was your, was your thing kind of similar to that or was that?
2: It was actually pretty similar. I mean, in, yeah. in terms of like in this industry, um, like I focused particularly on like the brand and business building stuff. Mm. So like, that's kind of where I ended up putting my focus gotcha. was the strategy and the, and the bits, you know, and all that. And, uh, that's we had kinda, a lot of,
0: we had a lot of fun. Yeah. I bet. So what that I've always thought that that was like the hardest thing for people to like to pay for was this stuff. That's not tangible. The stuff that's not a business card. It's not a website. It's strategy. It's creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this whole kind of brand that surrounds it. And I run into it with the podcast, you know, stuff too, It's like creating all you know these ideas, these things that you're trying to, you know these these strategies that you need to do to push something forward, uh, but but businesses uh, don't know how much they need that kind of stuff. And a lot of a, a lot of times, the way they get into that is through a website. Is they realize like, hey, I've got to build a website, and then they come to meet with somebody. And it's like, okay, well, what's your brand all about? And he's like, oh, uh,
2: uh, I got it. mine's a good. my my sister in law drew a it ca- hey, looks like a cow. Well. Here's the, here's, here's my thoughts on, which of course you asked what, here's my, here's my thoughts on, here's my thoughts on branding or whatever. Like companies don't exist. Organizations don't exist. People exist. Hmm. People with goals, people with lives and people with points of view. Never thought about it that way at all. Yeah, Like you got, like, that's where, um, if you're out there to, you know, undercut and lowest common denominator and low price and this, all that that kind of stuff for whatever business that you're in. Like I, I, I don't, I can't do much there. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, but to, but, but for the folks out there that are really determined to build like a great business, a great, even if it's a solo business or whatever it is, if it's 1,000, if it's one person, 1,000 or 10,000, if you don't have your, like your why, you know, Simon Sinek style. I'll just steal it. What is your why? What is your why? Yeah. But, but, but honestly, like, if you don't have your, if you don't have those core values in focus when you start, well, it's not going to get any better 10 years down the line. Right. It's not going to get any better two years down the line. And I mean to, um, and this is for like, again, it's like businesses, artists, creators, you know, uh, any of you guys out there, if you are a young person, uh, a young person. Nice. <laughs> Bring me my medicines. Um, but if you're a young person and you are a, an artist, a, a visual artist, uh, if you are a writer, if you are a photographer, a video, all those kind of things, the, the day that you walk, the minute that you walk across that stage, you may not know it and you may not have been prepared for it, but you are now a small business owner. Mm-hmm. You are now someone that has a skill And you need to come to that skill with an intentional drive. What do you want to accomplish with that? Right? Like you need to ask yourself the same questions as a business would. Okay, business, you want to provide this service to people. Well, what people? All people. Like, no, not all people. (laughs) Not all (laughs) people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And so when you can ask yourself uh, those really, really tough questions about like, what are the things you really care about? Right? Right. And so it allows you to set those parameters, much like setting a setting a letterpress poster or something like that. Like you've only got twelve inches by twenty inches, you don't have any more, so you can't fit any more things on this piece of paper. Hmm. It's the same. It's the same deal with, um, it's the same deal with a business. It's the same deal with a creative life. Like, what are the parameters that you choose to exist within? I feel you. Right. Like, how do you, do you feel like Ben, when you're, uh, when you are creating, when you're, you know, out there doing the things that you do, do you feel like you do better work and are more challenged when there is something to push against or push
0: up to like set up a set of parameters, if it's time, if it's money, if it, you know, for me, parameters make it easier. Yeah. I know ne- Because I, it, nothing's nebulous. Like I know what I have to work inside. It gives me framework to work inside. It's all, I I don't know if that's me or if that's a personality type or whatever, but I always, uh, I always do better when I, when I have some framework to work inside of. And, and, and so sometimes I think it's like, I'm a fraudulent creative because, you know, most, most creatives are like, shoot for the sky, no parameters. Like, let me just dream up something brilliant and then do it. I do better when I, have a budget or I have uh, I have something tangible that I know I can work inside of and then I can start creating you know well it's a it's a budget it's It's the blinking cursor for me that I can't that I can't you know what I mean (laughs) like I I need the 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 blinking cursor is is tough like the world is your you know do whatever you want with it that that you know I got to work inside something well and I think it's some of those are outside uh, you
2: know outside limitations, and some of them are are set by yourself there's an um interview from like i th- I think it's like a decade ago with Jack white and dude basically asks Jack white, hey um you know there's all this technology there's all of this uh things to be able to record your 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 albums with um that you could do everything and I'm paraphrasing terribly, <laughs> but basically it's like you could get all of this done a lot faster." Or you could get – this would be so much easier if you didn't do tape. You could just go straight to digital. You mm. could, you know all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And the poorly paraphrased version of his response is like the point isn't to be easy. The point is to be great. Mm. The point is to make something. And so those parameters that he the, – the parameters that he set for himself, which was we're going to record analog. We're only going to do this many takes. We're going to – you know, um, yeah. it actually – that box yeah. – like really helped to define like sure a sound it helped to define a process yeah so
0: he built the box yeah and it you know it helped him
2: exactly make amazing work the, the point of the work is not to have it finished faster the point mm. of it is to be awesome yeah. the point of it is to be original yeah and you now the worst thing that somebody can say okay now let me let me there's two points to this. The worst thing that a quote unquote like a client can say is just like you just go, you just create. What That's you what want. I'm talking about. That
0: is the hardest thing in
2: the world. Well, it's our job to say, okay. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> because they don't. Because for someone that is not used to talking creatively, mm-hmm. they don't have a point of reference for what that limitation could and should be. Right. Right. Yeah. And so it's kind of our job as as, as creatives or as, you know, folks that are trying to push that envelope or whatever, to be like, well, okay. Um, do you like, where are we going? What are we trying to do? What are we trying? Cause a lot of times you can ask great questions about what are we trying to accomplish? Right. And it's not the, what are we trying to accomplish? We're trying to take a picture of that thing. I'm like, yeah. okay, I get that. Yeah. I get that. We're going to take a picture of that, thing. but why was I want to show it to people? Okay, well, who are you gonna? Obviously, I'm talking to yeah. like, like just, I don't know, um, like everybody's drunk uncle at this point. um But but you know, well, we're gonna show it to people, and then you ask, you you dig a little bit deeper, why, who, all those kind of things, mm-hmm. and then eventually you you get to the like, well, they like it when those are red, and you're like, oh, there we go, something we can work with here. nail. <laughs> we've set we okay we're set
0: we're set we're wearing our accessories <laughs>
2: <laughs> that may i mean that makes a lot of sense though
0: but that's but that's what that's what makes it that's what makes it a craft is being able to draw that out of somebody draw that draw that nebulous identity that that, that a company or a person even doesn't even know they have yeah. and ask those questions to be able to to be able to formulate something that scares the hell out of me man i can't believe you made a career at doing that. (laughs) Oh, dude, it's the best.
2: Well, because it also allows like, it means that let's say you're directing a shoot, right. And you have uh, just a group of people that are there and everybody's like top of their game. Right. When you have those parameters and when you know that you've set in like, all right, cool. This is where we're working. It means that there's less questions, it means that there's more chances for opportunity. It means there's more chances to challenge.
0: Yeah. I, I, I always feel like the fewer questions you have or the fewer unknowns you have going into something, Oh yeah, the, the more latitude it gives you to be able to create. Uh, you know, if you're just trying to, if you're just trying to get through a day or get through a, get through a shoot, get through something just to uh be able to have something you created on the on the back end and it's super hard to even get there, then you've I think you've kind of cheated yourself and, you know, it, it should be you shouldn't be trying to figure out all these details along. You should have those figured out before you go in. And then you get to then you get to embellish those details. And that's where I feel like
2: you get to do the craft.
0: Yeah. You get to do you the craft. You get to have fun. Yeah. Like you... this. Here's the
2: thing about art and 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 creativity and, and the ad, and all of the industries that we are in. These these are these should be fun. Yeah. Like it should be. be full of energy. And and even um, you know, like I, I have I have a big focus like if I'm on a on a set or something like that, right? We shot, you were shooting. Dude, when you I had just to go.
0: thought about that just now. Yeah. I, that's hilarious. Yes. We've only worked together one time. The one time. <laughs> and you had to leave
2: and you were almost apologetic. You were just like, um, um, I've got,
0: my wife's having a baby. And I'm like,
2: what are you doing here?
0: Sorry. My wife's in labor. I need to go. I'm
2: like, what are you talking about? But, Like the energy, the energy that you can have, and this is particularly like on a set, but I think it's, it's in a business. It's every day. It is personally when you wake up and it is how you treat people. If you have and set the tone that people are there to help each other Mm. and you are there to set a positive influence Mm. that like, holy cow, I appreciate what you are doing. This is the level you need to operate at, right? Like you 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 want a lot from people. Yes. But you let folks know that you not like that's why they're there is to perform at that quality level.
0: Wouldn't to, be here if you weren't good.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. And when everybody is on that page,
0: yes. What you see is this like awesome flywheel of creativity. You're exactly right. That's where I want to be with ev- with every with every production that, that we do is like, everybody's got the baselines covered. Everybody's there. We all know we're good. We know the creative, we know we can do it. Let's go out. Let's, let's, let's execute this, but let's also pile on top of it. All those things, all those amazing things let's we didn't some, know were going to happen.
2: Let's have some fun. Yeah. Well, and then being able to pit like there. Oh, call back. The art of the pivot <laughs> man ah! is being able to take, that chance take that challenge and know what to do with it because once you've i I will say this is as a as a creative person to constantly grow to constantly challenge yourself if it's creatively if it's with gear if it's with whatever like this never stops right we talked about spreadsheets earlier Mm -hmm. like at some point like i think somebody's got to be like that's that's all i got like i don't know you know like (laughs) i just added all of it (laughs) (laughs) or multiplied or you know whatever um but when it comes to the creative process if that and that can be literally creating things but it can also be just creative thought problem solving new ideas things that weren't there before like when you're in that mindset and you have done the work to master that craft like that's when you get to hit those next you get to hit those next levels
0: but that's when it's worth it though And and that's what i think drives people away from 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 it to begin with is it's so hard to get there. I mean, you can work on student films and go try to figure out a problem all day long or whatever it is, but it's, it's almost like the real fun doesn't happen until you've, you know, until you're better at the craft sometimes. And so it, I I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of fun you can go out and have, but it, I almost feel like it's truly realized when you have a group of people that come together that are all at that level um, and I'm just talking about my world, you know, but, but when you have a, when you have a plus level people all working together with a good plan, got it figured out. I think that is, that is, that is a catalyst for better, better creative. So the, absolutely the creative is one thing, but you put the craft and the technical kind of on, on top of that. Yes. And it, and it, it's extrapolated. It's. Synergistic, almost synergy, dude. No, that is
2: such a blast to be a part of something that to be part of something that, you know, you could not have done on your own to yes. know that, like, you came in that one of the one of the funnest parts for me. And this again, I a lot of times I'll speak to creative because that's like where I'm coming from. Sure. But this goes to art it goes to business it goes to all of those things very
0: rarely do you have the best idea in the room absolutely right yeah i mean brian allen who you know yeah like something he tells us at all of our off-site meetings is i want to be the dumbest person in the room and i think that's brilliant I think it's one of the yeah. most brilliant things I've ever heard. And 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 so I've kind of adopted that a little bit myself. It's not hard. But I was gonna say the, the bar for me is like <laughs> is pretty easy there. Yeah. But I think that is a good that, that's a good that's a good way to go, man. It is to be is to surround yourself with people who are who aren't doing the same thing you're doing. They're doing something you can't do and they're doing it better. And they're doing it better, and then you trust them to do it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And then learning.
2: That, that there's specific things that you can learn um, about how people operate and you start to learn how some folks take criticism, how some folks don't, mm. how some folks want to contribute. Right. Mm-hmm. You've got, you and, and, and so another thing I would say about being that you, you want to put yourself in a position where you're the dumbest person in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, you also, by doing that, you force yourself to listen. And by forcing yourself to listen, and um, sometimes the quietest person in the room is going to have the best idea, mm-hmm. but somebody has to hear them, right? Yep. And to be able to empower that for somebody—if that's on a set or if that's in a business meeting, mini suits—I don't know—but like the loudest guy, and I'm the loudest guy. <laughs> like I'm going to go ahead and, and and like go with that. Like that's not a problem. But but the loudest person does not need to win. Like in terms of ideas, like the I best, that, 100%. the best idea and that best idea can come from the intern. That best mm-hmm. idea can come from,
0: from anybody. It's called a meritocracy, right? There you go. It's, it's some, the, the best idea wins the best thing idea. With, the, with the most merit wins. And there's, and you know, I don't, my vote doesn't count more than your vote <laughs> does just because you're the VP and I'm, you know, the, the intern it's brilliant. What all, what all, what else, what all you got, What else are we missing? What are we, what are, <laughs> what, 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 what's going on what's here? Happening? <laughs> I don't have. Well, any... I feel like there's like a thousand things to talk about with you and, and, and I don't know how we can. Oh dude, we'll come back. I'll come back. Okay.
2: I'll come back because there's a lot going on right now. Um, but what I will say, I will say in a super secretive manner, I don't know. It's not that secretive, <laughs> but I believe in our community. I believe in the creative people that are here in Knoxville and in East Tennessee and I mean honest to God all the folks I know all over the all over the nation and all over the world like I believe in us I believe in creativity and I believe the people are out there and if you are you know I, if you're in a position to influence someone positively motherfucking do it because not only is it, like, your ability to do that, but it's your responsibility. Like, if you're yeah. in a position to positively affect someone's life, do it. Mm. That can be creatively. It can be professionally. It can be personally. All those kind of things. I think we uh, we, we kind of – I've been working really hard these past three months. Like, I've been going to therapy, by the way, so you can kind of
0: tell. Me too. But there you go. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's
2: amazing. Yeah. Um, but understand – that empathetic approach to people that to get the best work, to get the best life, to get the best out of everybody. Like if you know that the guy behind you or the, 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 the person behind you has your back and you know that the person behind them has their back, right? Mm-hmm. Like that makes a huge difference. So for all of the folks that, you know, um, for all of the folks out there that are thinking about uh like i'm not creative or well i'm not like the it's not really my gig or this or if you are thinking like Mm, i'm creative like we're all there we're all there and we're all in this particular ocean together Mm. in different boats as this whole like (laughs) apocalypse has shown us (laughs) right yeah but um but it is our responsibility as creative people, as leaders, as just as good humans to look to the left and
0: look to the right and see who needs help and do it. Agreed. So 100%. I would not be where I am today. And I, I venture to guess a lot of people wouldn't be if somebody didn't go out of their way to help them out. Yeah. Vocationally, you know, in any other ways. Absolutely. But mentorship is a really good way to do that. And, um, I think it doesn't have to be a, you know, long-term deal. If you, if you can help somebody out, if you can help somebody, uh, grow a little bit, realize something. Yeah. That's all it takes. And that, that's all it takes. And sometimes the crazy thing is, is sometimes it's just a
2: kindness. Mm. It is an open, it is a closed mouth and open ears, right? Mm -hmm. Like listening to people. Um, and letting those ideas flow and appreciating the community around you, appreciating the people around you, like that's, that has been hitting me so hard lately. I love it. Right. And that's when I move forward and the things that I'm going to do, uh, that is where my energy is pointed is like, I want to find those people that are, uh, that are, that are doing these amazing things. And I want to do what I can to help it get even better. Yeah. Right. And then you, you know, you, you want that to multiply, you know? Um, So yeah, those are the things, buddy. It's a lot. It's a lot. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) If you've made it this far, holy cow. (laughs) Thanks
0: guys. Yeah. You know, well, I appreciate you coming in and I'm any hour I get to sit down with you is a blessing. So thank you for for doing this it's always enlightening no matter what and no okay.
2: dude this has been a this has been a blast and i've loved it what did you say this is episode 45
0: yeah 44, i think 45? so i think so yeah something like that like
2: um d- we can't leave without saying on the you know on the south of south of, of scruffy um the other thing that you can do i am speaking specifically to creatives i think at this point is consistency hmm. what do you mean Um, meaning that it's really easy to give up on stuff. It's really easy to try something and give up on it. Yeah. But, um, things that are worth it are worth doing
0: for the long haul. Sam, my buddy that produces this podcast says the same thing. I'll, I'll talk to him about being a little discouraged because, you know, listenership was down for a certain episode or whatever. And, uh, he's like, man, do you, do you think that these, you know, Alicia Keys is somebody he just produced a record yeah, for yeah, he yeah. was like do you think she just started doing it and got got big and like, like did you famous. think she yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you think she just did like one album and got good it's like no people work at this for 15 20 years you know it's it's their craft and 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 they had to start somewhere and and you know i giving up is uh is the only thing that can finish you right that is, dude. That is, yes, no.
2: That is exactly right for all of you. This is uh, straight from my therapist. Thanks, Tim. I'll, I'll, I'll give a shout out. I, you know, but, uh, but anything worth doing is worth doing poorly at first. Dig it. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of this great thing when someone sees. I think the big thing that that is the scariest thing for for so many people is that blank page, that blank canvas. Yeah.
0: The blinking that, cursor I was talking about. Cur- yeah, the <laughs> blinking cursor.
2: Like, what's gonna go? What, what's gonna what's oh gonna God. go here? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> but that is, and it's those small acts, man. If your day is packed and you've got kids or you've got responsibilities or all that kind of stuff, like, get up thirty. It's it's like do this, you know. Yeah. Stay up late. Get up early. Write two hundred words a day. Take one picture a day. Mm-hmm. Draw one. Th- you know all of those things. It does not have to be this gargantuan Niagara falls. Yeah. You know,
0: a monolithic undertaking. Yeah, no, (laughs) it
2: absolutely, absolutely does not like you can, you can start to create, you can start to, to push yourself and challenge yourself personally, creatively and professionally, like 10 minutes a day. Sure. You know, by developing a practice and sticking to it. And that's, I mean, you know, the thing about like what we're doing you know, as as creative as creative people, for one, we should be. We're so fucking lucky. Yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, like to be able to. I. It's so easy to, to not realize that though, because creatives tend to also be emotional people. Yeah, who we, are, are, yeah, we are <laughs> roller coasters, right? <laughs> we we unicorn up every once in a while. But that's fine.
2: <laughs> but but we are lucky in that, like. It's lucky and it's a challenge that we get to grow essentially until we kick the bucket. Sure. Right. Like if you're a creative person or you see yourself and that's, that doesn't mean that you like go out and create, you know, but, but if you see yourself as a creative person, you get to grow till you kick the bucket. And the thing that I've learned this year, very, very clearly is that could happen any day. Yeah. So every one of us, again, back to that responsibility, treat people well, take your craft seriously and do the best work you can.
0: And score as many points as you can before the clock runs out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes.
2: And hilariously, we right before we started recording, we were talking about Bob Kessling. <laughs> And the color commentary, uh, the color commentary on uh, on balls games. Yeah. So that would be, that would be like I think the color guy, the the, the color commentary yeah, t- uh, guy,
0: Tim Priest for football. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. He'd be like they they need to score more. Yeah. like they <laughs> they sure did. That's good. Oh, the
0: problem was the team scored more <laughs> points before the clock ran out.
2: <laughs> so y'all get out there and. And, and, uh, I like these basketball, I'm going to go basketball though. Play hard in the paint
0: and put up, put up as many numbers as you can. Yes. (laughs) Take (laughs) your shot. There we go. Take your shot. Dude. Thank you so much for doing it. I appreciate it so much, Chris. Thanks for having me. Of course. Come back soon. Absolutely. Hey guys. How, how'd we do? Did you enjoy, did you enjoy it? you enjoy the podcast with Chris McAdoo? I enjoyed it a lot. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for doing it. Uh, follow the podcast on Instagram at South of Scruffy. Uh, go to South of Scruffy.com. Check out all the news and cool stuff there. There's merch. There's all kinds of awesome ways for you to get involved with the podcast there. Uh, send me an email, South of Scruffy at gmail.com. You guys take care of one another. Be good out there. Be safe. Love you all. Matt Honkinen. Play me out.
1: I was born by the river in a little tent, just like the river I've been running ever since. It's been a long. we